Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. Um, I want to talk about um, drawing near. That's my, um, if you want a sermon title, or that's the thought I want to focus on. James chapter 4 and verse 8. It's a familiar verse that we know. But he says to us, he says, if you draw near to me, this is God speaking, if you draw near to me, then I will draw near to you. It's one of those verses that I think we can, because we're so familiar with it, we can fall into the trap of of restricting the verse to the context to which we've known it before. We, 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 we are so familiar with it, we sort of put it in this box of, yeah, I know what that means. Draw near to God, He'll draw near to me. But, but I want to invite us into a deeper understanding of, of how powerful this verse really is. When you consider that God who created the heavens and the earth, I mean, this is God speaking. When you consider how much power He has to speak the worlds into existence, to create the heavens and scatter the stars and speak the oceans into life, this God says, based upon the posture of your heart toward me, if you would draw near to me, based upon what you do, you will determine my next move. I want you to think about that for a minute. It's it's mind-blowing to think that the God who created the heavens and the earth gives to us an invitation, but it's predicated, His next move is predicated upon the level to which we're gonna draw closer to Him. And we have this, this, this opportunity in front of us for deeper relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it's all predicated upon what our next move will be. That there's this response, there's this desire within our heart that will initiate a response from God. This is what it is to draw near. This is how powerful it is for our lives when we make that decision to say, I'm going to draw closer to Him. The invitation to draw near is not, it's not just actions. It's not just praying more, although it could manifest itself in that way in your life. But it's not just singing louder or going to more services, although it may manifest like that in your life. But drawing near is a posture of our heart and a desire within our inner man that says, I want to lean into Him more in my life. 
And then out of that posture and desire, yes, your prayer life will change. And yes, the way you worship will change. But what we have to do first is make the adjustment within our inner man that will produce a change in the outer man and not doing it in reverse because that would be religious. I've shared this, this analogy, you know, years ago before, but it paints a picture that, that I think is, helps us wrap our head around this idea. Because what happens is we, we, we essentially what I'm talking to you today is about this idea of drawing near and the fact that drawing near requires something of us, right? And that can sort of be confusing because you've also heard me get up here and say, it's not about what you do. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes it gets confusing in church. Like you come one week and I'm like, it's not about what you do. And then this week I'm like, but you gotta do something. And some of you are like, what the heck are you talking about? I remember years ago, I was here at the church and we'd finished an event and I was gonna catch up with some friends. And, and we were texting, you know, about, about we're gonna get food together. And so my friends said, well, why don't you pick up some food on the way and we'll eat at my place. So I said, okay, cool. And so he, he said, let me order, because of course they didn't trust me to pick the food. So he said, let me order um, first and then I'll tell you where and you go pick the food up. So I was like, okay, cool. And so he sent me the name of the place and it was some burger place nearby. And so I, I arrived, so I drove to this burger place and I arrived there and, and, and it's this popular spot, you know. And so there's this line of people, you know, it's sort of coming almost out, outside the store almost. So anyway, I walk up and, and so I like stand in the line, you know, and I'm sort of looking at my watch, like, you know, it's five minutes, five minutes become 10 minutes, but because I'm a Christian, I'm practising fruits of the Spirit, so I'm being very patient. And I'm also worried if one of you guys is in the line and looking at me and... Um, funny, because it's true, but listen, and so... Um, stop it, shut up, listen. And so, and, 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 and so um, it, it, incidentally, it does kick me into really good behaviour when one of you comes up to me, it's like, hey, Pastor Ben, I'm like, hey, how are you? <laughs> Especially if I'm really annoyed at something, you know, going on, I'm like beating one of my kids or something, you know, like, hey, Pastor Ben, I'm like, hey, how are you? Say hi, guys. We're a Christian family, you know. Anyway, anyway, get back to it. So, um, so, so I'm in, uh, so I'm standing in the line, right? And I'm standing, it's like 10 minutes, and it's like 15 minutes. And, and I mean, it's like slowly moving, but it's like this long old line, like people are like, this place is like pumping, you know? And, and I'm standing there and, and then as I'm sort of standing there looking in the line, I'm sort of, you know, I'm on my phone and I'm sort of looking around and then I look up and, and I, at that front of the line where the counter is, I see this big old long line and there's this counter and then on top of the counter, there's a sign in front of the line and it says, order here, right? Now that didn't bother me if it was not for another sign beside that that said pickups only, okay? In front of the sign that said pickups only, there is not a single human being standing there. 
in front of my line that says order here, you know, there's 412 people, okay? So I'm standing there and I'm like, you know when like it takes your mind a minute to like kick in and I'm looking at it, I'm like, order here. I don't need to order. I should be in that line, which incidentally is not a line. There's no one there. So I'm actually in the wrong line. What made it worse is I've been standing in the wrong line for about 15 minutes, chit-chatting with people in the line. Now I need to do the walk of shame, leave this line. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm still like standing there, I'm like, okay, okay. There's no cool way to do it. I'm just telling you. There's, it's, you've just got to suck it up, bro, and be like, you know what? I'm an idiot. I feel like I just need to make an announcement. Hey, everybody, just so you know, I'm an idiot. I've been standing in the wrong line, so this is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to relocate. So I'd go up to the desk and, you know, tell the girl. But it's a dumb picture, but it's almost like that's, this is the place where many of us live our Christian walk. It's almost like we're standing in a line waiting for God to do something that He's already done. Okay, and there's this frustration, but, but really it's got nothing to do with Him needing to do anything else, but it's got more to do with me changing my position and just relocating to actually walk in the fullness of what God has already done for my life. But, but what I have to understand is I have to get a revelation in order for me to draw near. I have to get this revelation and understanding that I'm not drawing near based upon my own effort and energy, but more based upon the trend, the, the, the changing of the posture within my heart that says, God, I wanna know You more, not because I deserve it or because I've achieved it, but because You have paid the price for it. Because what was interesting was when I got to the counter, right, and the little girl's there and, and, and you know, she's doing the pickups and I'm like, hey, I'm here to do a pickup. And, and, and she's like, so she says to me then, she said, what name is it under? And so I say, well, you know, it's under Ben. And so then she's behind the little thing. And so she's like, okay, just check. And she's like, you know what it looks like they're doing so much more work than they need to be doing? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like literally, it's like, I said, my name's Ben. She's like, I'm like, it's, it's Ben. It's only three letters, love. Like B, E, N. Like, what is going on back there? Like, do you need help? Like, just type in Ben and maybe it'll come up, you know? She she, so I say to her, it's, it, my name's under Ben, but the order's under Ben. And so she types in Ben. And then she says this to me. She says, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't have an order under that name. And I'm like, oh, dear Jesus. Like, you don't have an order under Ben? She goes, No. I said, Can you please check again? She's like, How do you spell it? I'm like, Oh, love, please. I'm really trying with you right now, please. She checks again, says the same thing to me again. So, under, there's no, there's no order under Ben. And then suddenly it occurs to me, I didn't place the order, somebody else did. 
So I'm trying to access something, but I'm accessing it through the wrong name. I'm trying to access it in my name. But I didn't pay the price for it. So there's nothing there that Ben has done. You have to understand, this is what it's like to walk in faith, is you're coming to God, not trying to access something that you've done. You're coming to God accessing something that He's done based upon a price that He's paid. Before you even got there, He paid the price. The best thing we can do in drawing near is to draw near under the banner and under the covering of the blood of Jesus and the grace that was shown to all of us on that cross. We're just the, I was at that place. I was just the messenger boy. We're just the messenger boy. We're just the the conduit that God's will and God's plan is activated on this earth. I'm just showing up. Hey, is there an order here? Yeah, okay, great, thanks. That's as easy as it is. That's what God created and set it up to be. It's a childlike faith that just arrives and says, hey, Scripture Scripture tells me that, that He's done some things for me that I can walk free and I can walk healed and I can walk blessed. And this is an order that I'm just here to pick up, not my name, but His name. Can I have that please? And God will say, yes, here you go. But we have to understand that what He does tell us to do is to posture our hearts in a place that says, God, I wanna know you more. Before I wanna walk in what you have for me, I wanna know who you are. Because so often the reason why many of us don't walk in what He has for us is because our hearts are not truly surrendered. And then he can't entrust the blessing to a heart that's not surrendered because then we'll take glory for ourselves. But when our hearts are surrendered and you'll bring it to him a blank page, he just says, here it is. There's this story in Scripture, and I'm gonna do this real quick. I want keys to come in five minutes. It's a cool story in Scripture. It's in the Old Testament. And for sake of time, we won't go there, but I want to give you three quick um, points or something that I want you to write down in relation to what it is to draw near. There's a story in Scripture where there's a guy called Elijah. Elijah is a prophet in Scripture. And, And in the Old Testament, these Old Testament prophets were like types and pictures of God and, and, and what it is to receive from God and walk with God. They carried that anointing upon them. And Elijah had a mentor or a mentee rather, that was Elisha. The Bible made it really easy for us and not confusing by calling one Elijah and one Elisha. We'll thank God for that when we get to heaven. Why couldn't it just been like Bruce and Tom? You know, that would have been so much easier. Easier to preach at least anyway. Um, so you have this guy, Elijah, he's, he's the prophet. And then you have this guy under him, who's Elisha. And this story, it's, it's an amazing story. It's coming to the time of the end of Elijah's life. And Elijah is about to be taken up to heaven, the Bible says, in, in this miraculous moment. 
where Scripture says He actually gets taken up to heaven and there's this fire and there's this whole moment. And in this moment, just before it happens, He says to this Elisha, who He's been mentoring, He says, what do you want? And Elisha says, I want a double portion. Essentially, it's Elisha saying, I want, I, want, I want more than what you carry. I want something greater. I'm believing for something greater. And of course, he receives that in that moment. But what I wanna show you is, I wanna show you the, these days before that preceded this moment, because I can see a correlation between what it is to draw near to God and what Elisha had to go through in order to draw near and get to that place where he actually received the fullness of his purpose and God's plan for his life in this moment. Because there were these interesting moments building up to it in these few days. And you almost, when you read it, you sort of feel sorry for Elisha a little bit. Because Elisha's like this, this kid who just wants to learn and you know he's like the servant and he's really nice and he's like, hey Elijah, I'm gonna roll with you and whatever you need. And so they're sort of journeying along together and then they come to these three moments. They're these three actual locations the Bible describes where Elisha is actually has this a moment where he really has to make a choice. Is he gonna continue the journey of drawing near or is he gonna check out? And it's really difficult because even Elijah, right, the man of God actually says to Elisha a few times, listen, bro, you stay here, I'm gonna keep rolling. And then Elisha's like, no, I'm sticking with it. And Elijah's like, okay, like this kid's annoying, but okay, just come with me. And then they get to the next place. And then he says it to him again. And actual other prophets come up to Elisha and they're like, bro, why are you doing this? Like, and I want you, I want you to see because this outline, this Old Testament story outlines some very powerful principles that we can apply to our own life when it comes to drawing near to God. The, the first location where where Elisha is faced with this decision that he has to make. It actually takes place in a place called Gilgal. And Gilgal is an interesting place when you, when you consider Scripture. Gilgal is the first place where the Israelites camped in Joshua chapter five after they exited Egypt and God got them to do something. He actually got them to circumcise themselves. I know it's weird, but just stick with me. He got them to circumcise themselves. It was an Old Testament way of identifying that they were gonna be different to the Egyptians that they had just fled from. So the word that I want you to write down that sets you up on the track to drawing near is this word separation. How do I draw near? I make a decision firstly that I'm going to separate from the way I've been doing certain things in my life. That's what many of you did during worship when we came down the front. You were separating, you were saying, you know what, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna bring my own dreams, my own desires. I'm gonna surrender it all and draw near to Him. 
It's this place of separating. Some of us, it's separating from patterns in our lives. Some of us, it's separating, making this decision to separate ourselves from wrong mindsets, patterns of thinking, ways in which I've operated, hurt, unforgiveness, pain, whatever it is that we're carrying. If we wanna be people that draw near to God and the plan He has for us, there are some things that we cannot take with us. And there has to be a separating. For some of you, it's a relationship. For some of you, it's a friendship. For some of you, it's even certain family members saying, I'm gonna separate. I'm gonna establish some boundaries in my life because God is calling me to something greater. When when Elijah first called Elisha, the Bible says that Elisha was ploughing the field. And he made this decision in that moment. God gave him through Elijah, through the prophet, this amazing opportunity. And it was the opportunity to follow the man of God or stick to what he had known. And Scripture says that he left the oxen behind, he left the plough behind and he chased after Elijah. He made a decision to say, you know what, I'm gonna chase after what God is calling me to. But it's gonna start first with separation. He had to walk through this. He had to walk through Gilgal. He had to go through this place of separating. The second thing that they come up upon is the place called Bethel. Bethel means, the word Bethel means house of God. It's the same place in Genesis chapter 28 where Jacob had this incredible encounter with God. Jacob lays down, the Bible says that he lays down and put his head upon a rock. And he lays down and then he has this dream, he has this moment with the Lord where he sees fire and he sees a ladder between heaven and earth and it's this amazing supernatural encounter that he has with God. And in Exodus chapter 28, he actually says when he wakes up from the dream, in Genesis 28, I'm sorry, he wakes up from the dream and he says this in 28 and verse 19, then Jacob awoke from the sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? Isn't that a great way to describe the house of God? And I think, man, I think that's when you know you're in church. When you can stand like what we get to do each Sunday morning, when you get to stand and say, God is here. The presence of God is here. That's when you know you came to church. Not when you just say, well, that was a cool little sermon or that was a funny story. No, forget the sermons, forget the stories. If they don't lead us to an encounter with God, if they don't lead us to that place, the second word that I want you to write down, which is what this word, what this represents, is a place of transformation. All of it, listen, all of it, even the stupid little funny stories about burgers and it's, it's all there. The reason why I do them is, is to connect. Because I'm mindful that there's people in this room sometimes and Sometimes they don't sort of get everything I'm saying or you're new to church. And so I put these personal stories in there to try and connect. Because maybe you came in here today and you're like, 
God sucks and I'm here because someone told me they'd buy me lunch and I'll sit through this idiot for a few more minutes and then let's go get food. But maybe through a dumb little story, I might be able to get you to smile or laugh. And what it does is, the way human beings are, it creates this little connection. And Paul said this, follow me as I follow Christ. So my goal is not just that we would have this little moment. The goal is that we would have this little moment and that I would connect with you and point you to Him. That's why we do it. The, 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 The church has got to exist for the purpose of transforming lives. That that's what it has to do. And we transform lives through worship. And we transform lives through the Word. And we transform lives through community and small groups and teaching like SOD on Tuesday nights and handing out parcels to people in need and blessing those. And the whole purpose of it is that we, our lives would be transformed so that we could become more like Him. But we've got to go through this process of continually being transformed. I have to be transformed every single day. Mold me. David said, search my heart. That's, that's what Sundays need to be, where we can come and we can say, God, search my heart. Get into the hard stuff. Get into the hidden stuff. Speak to me. And then during the week, you're in a small group and you tell people, Hey, listen, God spoke to me about this in my life. Will you keep me accountable? I want you to ask me during the week how I'm doing in this area. Why? So that we can be transformed. It's not just the separation. It's also the transformation. Because you know where the transformation is so powerful? The separation for the Israelites That was about them getting out of Egypt. But the transformation is about Egypt getting out of them. And and, and the transformation is so important because transformation, where I become more like Him, causes me to look back on those things that I separated from. And when I'm now transformed, I don't wanna go back to them. Because I now have a different perspective on what I was doing before. This is why it's not just about separating and not doing. Second Timothy talks about flee from what's evil and cling to what's good. We were talking about it on Tuesday night with our SOD group. Second Timothy says, flee from what's evil and then cling to what is good. There's two parts to that. It's not just about what I'm fleeing from, but it's about what I'm clinging to. When I cling to Him, I look back on what I fled from and I don't wanna go back there. This is the power of transformed life. 
the third place and the final place that Elisha had to walk through. It was the place called Jericho. Jericho is significant because Jericho for the Israelites, Jericho was the first battle that they fought in the promised land. Jericho, you know what Jericho speaks of? Jericho speaks of occupation. Jericho says, I'm not just here, but I'm here to stay. That's what it was. It was that first, when they stepped into the promised land, they had to take on Jericho in order to occupy that land. This is my desire for us. And I know the same desire that our senior pastors have for us in this campus is the drawing near to Him wouldn't be a moment. But drawing near to Him, it would be land that we would stay in, that we would occupy and remain. Because we too often in church, we have these moments, don't we? We had one before when we're worshipping. You know those moments where you're just wide open? You're like, God! All right, like that was a lot. But you know, we're like, God. You know, we're like just crying and we just sense His presence. And it just feels so tangible. And it's almost like in that moment, all of the challenges that each of us are facing, they don't seem to bother you, do they? You're not thinking about it. And it's stuff with your kids or with marriage or finances or whatever it is, but it's like there's something about that, that encounter with God that causes you to, not that you forget those things, but you get this different perspective on them all. And, and, and that's amazing and that's awesome. But, but imagine if that wasn't somewhere that we just visited on a Sunday. Imagine if you woke up tomorrow and it was that same thing in your room. And imagine if you got in your car and it was the same thing. You would drive different on the freeway. Imagine if you got to work and it was that same thing. Imagine if drawing near to Him wasn't something that you just visited on Sunday, but it was something that you occupied every day. This is what it is to live life with Jesus. Where everything that we do we're saying, Lord, what do you think about this? Your, your workplace, every, every decision you make would change. The way you spend your money, the way you talk to your spouse, the way you parent. It's a powerful verse, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. It's an invitation 
it's an invitation. And this morning, as, as I close, I know we've done so much work with the Lord this morning already. But I want to give people just this opportunity. I'm not going to bring you down the front. I've already done a lot of, a lot of that this morning, but I want to give you an opportunity to just simply say, God, I, I, want, to, I want to draw near. It's too much back and forth, Lord. I feel like I have those moments, but then I pull away. Maybe it's because you allow people to pull you away or there still needs to be a separating. Maybe it's the, the, the resisting the transformation that He wants to do because it's touching on areas of your heart that you've kept hidden for so long and there's deep-rooted hurt that you've never really allowed God to deal with. Whatever it might be, drawing near for all of us, it's, it's a journey. It's this journey that we go on. But if we would make a decision every single day to wake up and say, you know what? Today, I wanna just go one step closer to you. Do you know how powerful it is when we decide that we're gonna step one step closer to Him? It's not about being, you know, the best Christian ever or the power of just saying, I'm just gonna make one step in the right direction. Even with all of our mistakes and all of our issues and things we've got going on, quit trying to get right before you come to Him. Come to Him and let Him get you right. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.